Ahoy hoy! Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Minutes by Minutes host examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives. One minute of screen time per episode. And we are such people. I am Tyson Ferris. I am Jeremy Sternhagen. I'm Angela Bennett. And this is Minute 107. 107 starts with Novak's rights, and it ends with a big butt. Just so you know, I watched that whole minute while you were saying that intro. Oh, Just cool. again, just to refresh my memory. I didn't know I was being timed. No, you weren't. I just thought I'd watch it <laughs> while you were talking. Yeah, we got, uh, uh, yeah, Minute 107, and it continues with Al's, we got to support the GI Bill, you know, uh, shenanigans. I will say, honestly, I love this movie. I gushed over it last week. This scene, and Frederick March, who I love, I was slightly taken out of the movie during his speech, which Really? Because of the acting or the content? Um... A bit of both, and I think the reason is because this whole movie had like this. We're now kind of at the this. He's basically telling you what this movie's about. Like he's literally mm-hmm. going like, "You are watching the best years of our lives. This is what it's out. This is its <laughs> core message. We need to do this." And it was just a little bit too. I don't even know if too, a little bit is the right way. It was a lot on the nose for the whole movie. I'm mm-hmm. not saying this movie shouldn't have this scene. I didn't feel that way. I I didn't in the moment I was like, I, you know, I I didn't realize it until he was done talking like, oh, okay, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then rewatch, you know, we're, we're a minute by minute podcast. We watch these movies till we're blue in the face. Watch this minute 10 times over Mm -hmm. and just it on repeat viewings. It sort of just kind of like it, it felt a little saccharine to me. Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I just, I, I, I just think he's pulling his, he's pulling the ace up his sleeve. With his boss. That's, well, that's what I tried to struggle. That's what I kind of like tried to figure out in this scene. Like, is this maybe He's like, just... hey, man, I've been to war and I have I know how to read these guys. Right. And this guy is a good guy. And I, and I felt that way too. Like, well, if this guy is like, I'm going to do this and I know I might catch a little flack from the boss. I tried to imagine him at home at night rehearsing this speech and just mm-hmm. like hand over heart saluting the flag like this is truly what is he thinks and feels, and that's kind of what saves it for me. But yeah, I, I definitely well, and his performance too, and I love Frederick March is very the, of the '40s to me. There's, I, I, I think there's a little more, more subtlety in it. Okay, um, I like he, if you watch his hands, he's doing this like finger press thing on the desk. Like he's like, I knew what I was gonna say, and now I'm saying it. He goes, but I'm not. Because because I think he's a little worried of the ramifications. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, he well, does have I mean, a lot of great. Oh, go ahead. It's interesting that I mean I also felt a little distracted in this scene because I was thinking about I was listening to this and trying to recall what year was this? When did the war end? And I kind of realized, oh, like this is a big soapbox. This is like Hollywood soapbox. At this time saying, you know, it's only a year after this is these are issues that were happening when this movie came out. Yeah, the very top of the thing. The thing you got to remember is Hollywood staunchly is not showing the war in this man. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, this movie- is this is not this is not the norm. Hollywood became a propaganda machine during like World showing War II. showing showing uh, that bankers aren't fulfilling GI loans for any reason would just not be done in a film. So was like, this, this very this controversial is, when it came out? This like, film is very, uh, uh, it's very modern. I mean, t- I mean, we've got, we have a guy with PTSD. We have a guy with a mm-hmm. drinking problem, mm-hmm. uh, who's having trouble at work, getting GIs, their money, their rightfully earned money, um, through the banks. And, and then, uh, yeah, and then you get the affair, and the, I mean, th- this was just not. This whole film was just not done, like across the board. It seems fine now in our modern eyes, but because we're literally still dealing with all of these things with yeah. our veterans, <laughs> which is horrible. It's a familiar storyline now with movie, you know, like the Rambo movies and stuff. But yeah, anyway. I, mean, I, I, I also felt anger when I was watching this that like this is tale tale as old as time, right? Well, this this could very well be considered the like the first movie of this type where it was brutally honest about the horrors of war. I mentioned last week there's a movie called All Quiet on the Western Front, which was based on a book, but very rarely throughout World War II was were movies portraying war as anything other than like a heroic valiant you know uh obligation you know and if you're right. if your character in your movie was like you know ptsd or shell-shocked like that's not the hero of your movie that's like that's like the guy blubbering in the well and dirt I think, while john wayne tells him to get up and go and i think um that kind of cavalier attitude toward deep trauma and hurt from veterans i think I think we get to cover that minute um, coming up where it's kind of the the opposite yeah. of what our friend is going through. But <sighs> yeah. yes, I felt angry and distracted during this minute. I agree with Ty, though. It didn't feel um, I don't know. I really liked it. There there was only one. There's only one scene in this film when I was watching it. Then I, I was like, ooh, we went we went a little a little over in my opinion. And I, it wasn't so much to, for me to not like it, but it, it was like, it was the scene with Peggy and her uh, parents. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to gonna break up. Thing. I'm going to break up this marriage. And Oh, after, um, um, after Fred, after the double date. Yeah. Al tells Fred to leave. Don't mess with his daughter. So oh, no, 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 that this, this is even, it's before that. Oh, okay. That comes later. No, it's after the double date, and she's like, and he's the mom so unhappy. Her and, he's and so she's unhappy. And she's on the bed, and it's, it's, she's uh, it's hysterical. All just, uh, she's hysterical. Um, it's when her mom points yeah. out, like, you think I never hated your dad? And then, like, she has this existential crisis of, like, my parents didn't always love each other every second of the day. I don't know. Like it's a pretty, it's a pretty realistic. Like, oh, I, I think the be. scene comes back around. There's just, there's just a certain point in there where she's like, "I'm gonna break up." The, it's really at the break up this marriage p- part, and we're. I felt I cringy at we're, that. We're in minute 107, talking about a completely different. Minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, we haven't gotten to talk about the movie. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, Myrna Loy single handedly brings that entire scene back around. Let's talk yeah. about Myrna Loy in. On Friday, we're gonna we're gonna talk about her on Friday. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, we'll talk about her every. Day. Um, 
I wish she was in Steel Magnolias. <laughs> she would have been great. Me too. She would have been, even though I haven't seen that movie. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that yeah. movie, which you guys will quickly find out. But If you want to find out why we care about uh, Steel Magnolias, check out uh, Bad at Movies. Yeah. Now back to Best Years of Our Lives. Thank you, Mike. Okay, so um, <laughs> I, I mentioned we get some camera movement in this oneer, and uh, oneer is a scene that takes place in entirely one take. And I, I think it's nice how uh, they, they reframe based on our main character's actions. So there's, there's literally three shots in this scene and it, it, it reframes based on his move. It's, it's totally based on his movements. So yeah. it's very natural. And uh, the camera um, movements. Oh, what's his name? Frederick March is predominantly screen center through much of this editing of this scene. Mm-hmm. Everyone, the camera follows him more or less, and all the well, other characters orbit around him. And the yep. boss man's like you're seeing the back of his head the whole time, which is unheard of. Yeah. Until while well, he gets up and turns around and gives them well, the old, "You're like a son to me." Yeah, uh, I have a note on that. Uh, he starts to say "son," and even gets the "s" out, and then changes to like a younger brother. Yeah, isn't that the next minute? No, that's one oh seven. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I didn't yeah, catch sorry. that. That is um, funny. I did. <laughs> I was kind of surprised because... I, I feel I feel like he's like, ooh, calling him son would be laying it on a little too thick. I need oh, to see, back it I off. Think he's, I think he's saying like, oh, I'm not that old. Okay. I think that's the joke. Oh, maybe, maybe. I really, through this whole I think movie... I thought it was him... Sorry, Jer. Uh, right. I, I thought it was him kind of self-regulating like his... <laughs> His saccharine uh, camaraderie. I didn't think of it that way. I love it, though. That's a great. Either way, it works. This movie. What I thought about this whole scene. Oh, God. I'm sorry. No, go. Um, Through this whole movie. Oh, wait, Jer. um, uh, Okay. Okay. Fine. Now you you can go. Okay. (laughs) Movie. Have you guys? (laughs) Are you pro? (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy's going home. Jeremy's going to quit. Sorry, I'm just excited and... You shitters! (laughs) (laughs) And scene. What I like... Oh, sorry. Jer, go. Okay. One thing that is consistent through this whole movie is that you have your three main characters, but all the people in there that they encounter, all of them are portrayed in a way that isn't like mustache twirlingly like antagonistic towards them everyone is struggling to understand these returning gis and uh his boss one thing that i kind of kept waiting for is for him to be revealed as like totally nefarious and the big the big bad right or just like he he's just telling al what he wants to hear and ultimately you're gonna find out that like like he doesn't give a crap about the veterans but i did appreciate the way that he really you can tell he like he kind of comes off as like not wrong and actually very he handles al's you get his viewpoint yeah and he might you might not agree with it but you get where he's coming from he like i'm trying to think of a better word but he's very tender about it like like hey like i get it and let's you know hey we we gotta not do this again but like you're still good like so like his his him saying you're like a son to me isn't just platitudes like he comes off as a good guy. And Once a lot again, of the, he does not say that. Yeah. And a lot of the characters <laughs> are like that. 
<laughs> Even the people who right. struggle kind of all tend to well, come around. That that's the great that's why this movie is so good is it so easily could slip into that. Mm-hmm. And they always side on realism. That bank guy, you've met that guy, mm-hmm. right? The little sniveling guy that tells on Al, you've met that guy. Yeah. Like everybody knows these people, right? Like yeah. it's like, yeah, he's not a bad guy. He's just looking out for the bank's interest, you know, um, which is not in the interest of returning GIs, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I think one of the mo- reasons this movie works so well is it, it's dealing with a difficult subject, but the whole movie just feels heartwarming and good. Like it never, you see real issues, but it like, there's never a scene where someone is really like the movie never gets uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Like, Only for our three main characters. It's sort of like, even with like all the warmness out to them the whole and time. niceness in their town and their community, they're still really standalone I mean, I think it plays on the isolation that they're feeling upon coming home. Isn't that kind of the message, though? Like, you should love these people, even though... Well, and the, well, the, just the fact that they're they're coming back home, but they're they're not the same people they're that, not, were, yeah. that left. And all the niceties in the world aren't going to make these guys relate to anybody any easier. Do you yeah. know what I mean? <sighs> they need mental health support. Yeah, like... Uh, <laughs> What Fred, uh, Fred's wife, he's like, you used to be fun. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> I did. You used to be faithful. And then I left. <laughs> Honey, you got real ugly. Yeah. Let's wrap it. So I, I, I just had a couple other things. I love how he, he just stands there and just faces forward, not really looking at the guy and just. Cause he's used to taking orders. Well, I think it's like he he's, he goes, I know how to take a dressing down. He goes, I'm just going to stand here and take it. He goes, I knew this was coming. Oh, yeah. You know. Like, eyes front, soldier. Do not look at your drill sergeant. Mm. Right. Face to face. I, I, told, I totally got that feeling. Yep. And then uh, and then his, his boss says, you know, um, he's like, of course we want to help the veterans. And then he goes, whenever possible. Right. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that speaks volumes. There's the Scrooge McDuck we were expecting. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) I will always help you, except for when I can't. He's like, yeah, he might as well be like, all your life you tried to get money, and then people want you to give it away. You know, (laughs) that was a terrible Scrooge McDuck, but anyway. That was Scrooge McDuck? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't try very hard. <laughs> I thought you were trying to be Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. I closed my eyes and I thought Sean Connery had jumped on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> He's dead. Y- yes. They're yes. all dead. They're all. Yes. I just I'm came up with the idea dead. for our next podcast, Tyson. It's called. I'm They're a all ghost, Tyson. <laughs> we talk about movies where everybody in it is dead. <laughs> Well, uh, we're talking about one of those movies right now. Yep. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. We talked about this last week, Angela. The the youngest person in this movie. Who's that little brat kid? That little the, girl. The little girl. Stares on, yeah, the, on the claw yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. She's probably the youngest. But um, Frederick March's son uh, in this movie, oh, who's uh-huh. barely in it, uh, recently passed away. 
Thanks for that tidbit of trivia. <laughs> You're Jesus. welcome. See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Are we having fun, kids? Oh my god. All right. That's that's all I got. Wrap us up, Ty. All right. Right now, I'm going to explain to the listeners that they can find the Best Minute Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, thebestminutes.com. I will also mention that social media is available at Butch's Place, the Best Years of Our Lives Listeners Cafe that's on Facebook, and on Twitter at The Best Minutes. And uh, just join us next time right here on minutes podcast bye bye, bye. hey joe you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon right thanks come on taylor